sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome to our number two of the morning after live right here on this Wednesday on Sports Grid and Sirius XM Channel 159. That is the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM all across the Sports Grid network, including sportsgrid.com slash watch. Find your favorite destination to consume everything all across the Spiz Grizz. That's Sports Grid. I am Ben Stevens. Welcome not only to our number two, but a Wednesday puck talk with Ben throughout the Stanley Cup postseason. Plenty to get to in our number two. We start with a recap of last night in the National Hockey League. One team had the opportunity to clinch its opening round series. That was in the Eastern Conference between the New York Islanders and the Carolina Hurricanes. We'll get to that in just a moment. But on a triple header of action... The Western Conference has been a conference of upsets, much more up in the air all year long than the East that has the Boston Bruins, the league's most dominant team throughout a regular season in NHL history. But the West, yeah, very up in the air. Both game fives that we saw in the West last night in Edmonton between the Oilers and the Kings and in Dallas between the Stars and the Wild featured a series entering game five, evened up at two games all and finally really for the first time in this opening round series last night the Oilers showing why they were one of the favorites to contend for a Western Conference championship Edmonton a big win last night at home against the LA Kings six to three a huge game for the Oilers that needed that offensive performance they find it last night they were down three nothing at the end of the first period of game number four against the la kings they came all the way back to win that game five to four in overtime they were a greater than two dollar favorite last night at home in edmonton and they take advantage with that six to three victory connor mcdavid an assist last night in fact two of them but he did not score a goal he led the nhl by a large margin in points throughout this regular season he had three assists in game number four two last night against the la kings in that six to three victory for the oilers but it is interesting to see edmonton win a game scoring six goals and Connor mcdavid not scoring any two goals in this series for mcdavid both in the game number three loss to the la king so a big victory last night for edmonton they take a 3-2 series lead over la and are now a minus 690 outright favorite to win this opening round series and because of the win in that 3-2 series advantage the Oilers now the favorites to win the Western Conference crown plus 260 for Edmonton now as the favorites in the Western Conference leapfrogging the Colorado Avalanche who entered yesterday's NHL action as a plus 280 favorite even in front of the Vegas Golden Knights as we go elsewhere in the Western Conference again Tied to two games all entering game five back in Dallas yesterday for the Stars and the Wild. And Dallas shuts out Minnesota. 4 nothing at home, back on home ice. Winning outright as a minus 138 money 
line favorite. Minnesota won game one and three. Dallas won games two and four. So now the Stars upsetting that trend and winning game number five. They were a minus 146 favorite entering last night's game number five. Now that number updated with the Stars holding a 3-2 series lead, minus 450. That's how much the odds can shift and change based on one result on a nightly basis in any postseason series we welcome in our sports grid radio audience here our number two of the morning after live all across the grid sirius xm channel 159 all of our radio terrestrial affiliates now in the fold as well i am ben stevens it is wednesday puck talk with ben recapping a tuesday night triple header in the nhl stanley cup postseason the carolina hurricanes back on home ice where they had been one of the best sides all year long at home had an opportunity in game number five to clinch their opening round series against the New York Islanders. Except the Canes, unable to do that. The Isles, a huge victory to keep their season moving. Last night in Carolina, 3-2. to two. There's the box score. Good stuff. The New York Islanders, that 3-2 victory, scoring their first three goals in the opening two periods and holding off Carolina in period number three. Now, as Carolina entered last night they were the only team to win both of their opening two home games the Isles get some revenge in an NHL Stanley Cup postseason where we have seen teams on the road pull off upsets on a nightly basis so here's where the Stanley Cup odds stand as we enter another night of action in the NHL the Boston Bruins remain the favorites to hoist Lord Stanley's Cup at plus 240 and you can see the gap it's greater than $4 for Boston right now in front of Edmonton, who is currently the Western Conference favorites. But a couple of more game fives tonight. Boston back at home inside TD Garden. They can clinch their opening round series against Florida, and the odds indicate that will be the case. The Bees, a minus 230 home ice favorite Colorado who entered the postseason as the favorites to win the West have had a very difficult time against the Seattle Kraken in their first playoff series in franchise history this series tied at two games all the Avs a minus 178 favorite to make it a 3-2 series lead on home ice tonight in the mile high city around Major League Baseball we go up next live right here on the morning after sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com back to a wednesday live right here on the morning after on sports grid and sirius xm channel one 59. I am Ben Stevens. Time to check in on the daily basis around MLB. Craig Mish joins us live right here on this Wednesday on TMA. Craig, as always, we appreciate your time. Let's dive right into the action that we had yesterday on a Tuesday night slate. For the first time this year, the Tampa Bay Rays lose a baseball game at home. The Houston Astros shutting out Tampa last night at the Trop. 5-0 the final Houston scoring all five runs in the top half of the fifth how big of that how big was that result Craig for Houston yesterday yeah I, I not surprising I I think that it was obvious at some point Tampa Bay would lose Houston's a very good team Luis Garcia just generally speaking 
is really hard to face. He's got some funky stuff. So the result, all not all that surprising. But I would say that the offense has been a little bit surprising for Houston, Ben. This kid, Corey Jolks, is, mm. I mean, I saw him in spring training. I didn't really think he was much. He has come out of nowhere to be a huge contributor uh, you know, for the for the Houston Astros this season, and they got Jake Myers in that lineup too. It's like not the names that you would expect. Altuve hasn't played yet. Alex Bregman's off to a tough start. Obviously, they have Alvarez and some of the other players that are household names. But really, the scouting and development for Houston has just been incredible. And, and you yeah. and you want to think, Ben, that eventually, after losing all the players that they've lost, to Oscar Hernandez and George Springer and Justin Verlander and and you know Granky, and, and you would just think eventually it would catch up to them, but they just keep finding these kids and bringing them up and succeeding. It's it's really just an incredible organization, top to bottom. And Craig, you have reminded us time and again early on in this Major League Baseball season, despite the reigning World Series champions getting off to a slow start, do not push the panic button on the Astros with the victory yesterday, handing Tampa its first home loss this year. Houston two games above 500, 13 and 11, and the Strohs remain the favorites to win the American League pennant at plus 350. There might have been a small panic button for Jose Barrios as a Toronto Blue Jay entering last night's start against the Chicago White Sox because Craig he was one and two this year with a 6-2-1 ERA and then Jose Barrios said move that panic button aside I'm gonna go out and throw a gem seven innings of shutout work only allowing four hits striking out nine as the White Sox fall 10 games below 500 but the Blue Jays pick up a seven nothing victory Craig how did Jose Barrios have his best pitching performance of the season last night it's the it's the other team Ben I, I think that's really the focus at, at this point I think that what we should be talking about is the fact that uh, Rick Hahn their general manager Kenny Williams their president are going to have some really hard decisions to make I think coming up in a couple of months Ben the White Sox mm. have sort of been on this rebuild plan and they've had a ton of talent. They've brought in different managers, as you know, with Tony La Russa, and now it's Pedro Grafal. And, and they and they are the most disappointing team in baseball this year, without a doubt. They're 7-17. Seven and 17. I regret so much at the beginning of the season when people asked me, you know, give me your top two, uh, you know, season win totals this season. My number one was the Reds under. My number two was the White Sox under. I, I just couldn't. There's just something wrong with the with the way that the club is built, Ben. I'm not really sure what it is. Keep in mind, they're 10 games under 500 with a season win total at the beginning of the year that was 83 and a half. That just tells you yeah. what what kind of pace they're on in disappointment. What do they do, Ben? Do, do they fire sale this thing in July? I mean, is, is Luis Robert on the move? Is Eloy Jimenez on the move? Like, I mean, maybe so. It, they have to take a really good look in the mirror. And by the way. You know, they get to play Kansas City a lot. <laughs> you know, like they, yeah. they play Detroit a lot and they're still 10, 10 games under. I'm very concerned with the White Sox. I mean, Greg, the American League Central, the White Sox, a part of this problem, only has one team that is above 500, that being the Minnesota Twins, who have performed well in their weekday set against the New York Yankees. But the division overall should allow the White Sox to take advantage. They have not. It doesn't feel all that long ago. Chicago was one of the most young and exciting teams in the sport. They entered yeah. last year as an odds-on minus money favorite to win the American League Central. Now 10 games below 
500. As you said, Craig, yes, the most disappointing start to begin this Major League Baseball season. And despite Berrios' struggles entering yesterday's start, 1-3 at 6-2-1 ERA, Toronto was still a greater than $2 favorite at home. It should show you what the odds even think of Chicago to start off this season. All right, now we move it forward to today. Two teams that have also been at least slightly disappointing Craig Philadelphia facing off against Seattle the Mariners winning yesterday snapping a three-game win streak for the Phils but both teams Craig still below 500 who needs a win today more Seattle or Philadelphia yeah you know that I can't say but I do look at the total of eight and a half and I and I feel like in in that park at home there's a chance that this could go over Uh, I'm not particularly worried about either team here because I do think the Phillies heart and soul is Bryce Harper, and once he comes back, I, you know, I, I, when they ask, can one player make a difference in Major League Baseball? Usually, the answer is no. But I mean, this guy is, was the MVP of the league. You saw it in what incredible postseason he had last year. I think the second that Harper comes back, Philly starts to surge a little bit. And as far as yeah. Seattle, Ben, this was exactly who they were a year ago. Exactly, there was no one talking about Seattle making the postseason. They were kicking around 500. They were a couple of games mm-hmm. under, a couple of games over. And all of a sudden, Julio got hot, and the rest is history. I expect that to happen to both clubs. So, uh, you know, coin flip game, you saw the odds there, minus 110. No strong opinion on the outcome. Yeah, Craig, like you mentioned, both teams using a very strong second half for the Mariners snapping a decade-plus playoff streak and, of course, or playoff drought, rather. And for Philadelphia, of course, that run in the postseason, winning the National League pennant and playing in a World Series. Right now, Craig, both slightly into plus money to make this year's postseason. We have five teams on this board with the shortest prices of the plus money clubs currently to make the playoffs. Out of these five teams, Craig, who do you think has the best shot of being a a playoff baseball team come October. Yeah, I like Philly. I like Seattle uh, as well. I think both of those teams have a real good shot. I, you know, I, I got to tell you, I was not all that impressed watching Cleveland play this past weekend. Now, look, they they are a team also that gets very creative. They have a really good minor league system. They could call a couple of guys up, make some trades at the deadline. But they, their offense seems to be lacking quite a bit. It's like Jose Ramirez, Josh Bell, and occasionally someone else. That's not enough. Uh, in an everyday situation to get it done. So for me, Ben, it would be those two teams, Seattle and Philadelphia. I I think both still have really good shots clearly to make it. I see Texas at plus 100. I got to see that play out over the course of the whole season, but not my favorite of uh, of those options for sure. Craig, tonight, Sandy Alcantara gets the start on the road in Atlanta against the Braves, who have now tied for the best record in the National League. The reigning NL Cy Young winner in Sandy off to a little bit of a struggle here this year. Just one and two over his first four starts with a 5-4-7 ERA. Craig, if you had to point to the biggest reason for Alcantara's struggles to start this year, what would that be? I think tonight's going to be the determiner for me. I think in the game against Philadelphia, there was some discussion. Maybe he was tipping a little bit. That's happened in the past. I don't know if that's the case or not, but that was just some of the scuttle on that. And then when he faced off against the Twins, he threw a complete game shutout. It was the best game pitch in all of baseball this year. So that was a bounce back. The start after that plays against Arizona. They're swinging at the first pitch constantly. They know he's a strike thrower, and they got to him in that game as well. Uh, and then, of course, he missed his last start. I don't think he's hurt. I think he just had a bad night's sleep from what I understand. But tonight, Ben, this is a really good Atlanta lineup. Shows up tonight, has a quality start. There's going to be no concern, I think, moving forward with Sandy. 
On the flip side, I think you got to call it what it is. I mean, tonight, I think, is going to give us a better idea as to what we can expect. I don't know what to expect, but I know the kid is a fantastic pitcher. Nobody works harder. I would expect a bounce back against Atlanta. Craig, another pitcher you have your eye on tonight in an NL East battle, Kodai Sango, the rookie for the New York Mets against the Washington Nationals. Quickly, the DFS slate for this Wednesday. Yeah, easy one, Senga, 10,400 against Washington. We would think at least eight to nine strikeouts there. Desclafani gives up home runs. We got Arenado going up against him. Low price on Arenado there, Ben, at 3,000. It is even for both teams in that game. The Giants minus 108, the Cards minus 108 as well. Craig, thank you so much. We'll talk tomorrow. More of the morning after next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. one day away from the 2023 NFL draft live on this Wednesday right here on the morning after but before we get to the draft detail with Mark Zeno a bit of breaking news from the NBA we now know the reason specifically that Kawhi Leonard missed games three four and five of the opening round series against the Phoenix Suns that Phoenix clinched last night back at home it was a torn meniscus in his right knee as diagnosed by LA's medical staff who shut him down for the remainder of what was the Clippers postseason. He scored 38 points in game number one, 31 points in game number two. He was the driving force of what many considered more of a competitive series than we initially anticipated. Yet, it's the same story for the Clippers once again. A season of optimism where the ceiling always is contend for a conference title, but injuries plaguing L.A. No Paul George in the opening round series. Kawhi Leonard tear his, tears his meniscus and misses games three, four, and five. Now the offseason awaits for L.A. The NFL draft awaits for all of us tomorrow. A Thursday night in Kansas City, round number one. So on this Wednesday, on the morning after, we welcome on one of our good pals, Mark Zeno, joining us here on this Wednesday on TMA for some more draft details. Trying to make sense, Zeno, of what we saw yesterday is a very volatile market, and that is betting the NFL draft. Certainly is, Ben, and clearly the NFL draft markets, which aren't very tight to begin with. I think as odds makers no. continue to go through this year after year, they'll get a little bit better at it. But Access to information is everything. And I will say that it's very interesting to note that the, the housekeeper who cleans my house, her daughter, uh, is actually second cousins with the friend of Will Levis's ex-girlfriend who found out mm. via Snapchat that has now disappeared into cyberspace from the other ex-girlfriend of Will Levis who was at a bar mitzvah two weeks ago that Will Levis told her that that's when he was going number one in the draft overall. And lo and behold, here we are. And I've just been sandbagging this information for several weeks now until the market moved. So is that person that you heard that from, Mark Zeno, sales agreeable on Reddit that posted that post? Or is this new information that we can clip off from our social media team here, share out, and then move the market even more? Yeah, clearly. I mean, obviously, it's it's not it's not anybody on Reddit. This is you know teeny bopper stuff. But it's just, that's yeah. the level of ridiculousness that this, this has gotten to. Uh, you know, 
I, I think part of this is not only access to information, but I also think part of this is about sports books understanding leverage, which they do, and, and the idea that maybe, just maybe, that if they can draw some more money away from Bryce Young and onto somebody else, that they are not so heavily against, you know, one player sucking up all of the bets and what looks like a fait accompli that Bryce Young is going to be the number one overall pick here. Maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know. But I find it hard to believe that all of a sudden uh, at this late stage of the game that the Carolina Panthers have been duping everybody and, you know, they stopped taking visits and everything else because they, they decided at the last minute to change their minds. I mean, it's just – it's hard to figure out. I, I always tend to follow the money. In the NFL draft markets, though, it's a little bit less likely for me to do because even if you look at the course of the last week, how much has changed? Just look at a guy like yeah. Jalen Carter who three weeks ago didn't look like he was going to the top five, and now he's minus money to be the fifth overall pick. It's really tough to figure out. It is very difficult to figure out, and the market movement is not going to stop here, although we are just about 33 hours away from round number one kicking off tomorrow night the Carolina Panthers are on the clock and Zeno you mentioned that movement not for Carolina at one based on the Reddit post where Bryce Young remains a minus 1,000 odds on favorite but at number two because the big story of the weekend Mark was not Will Levis going first overall but second overall he became an odds on minus money favorite and here we are refresh the odds on a Wednesday morning he's not even the favorite anymore to go second overall that is Tyree Wilson the edge rusher out of Texas Tech, who is in front of Will Levis, who is in front of Will Anderson. That's how much the odds can move in the span of about 12 hours. So, Zeno, outside of the odds, what do you think Houston is going to do with that second overall selection tomorrow night? Well, I think that they're going to end up taking a defensive player. I'm not 100% sure which one it is. I would argue that D'Amico Ryans, who was the new head coach there, came from a system and a team where, you know what they did? They kind of built up their defense first. And granted, Kyle Shanahan is the head coach, and quarterbacks seem to be interchangeable with him to a certain extent. But the one thing D'Amico Ryans knows is that, guess what? If I put a good defense on the field, no matter how inept my quarterback is, I can keep my team in a game long enough, especially if I can run the football. And what they, what Texans already have on their roster in Damian Pierce as a running back uh, and proven that they can run the ball already, I, I don't see how he wouldn't look for an impact player on the defensive side of the ball. Now, whether that's Tyree Wilson or Will Anderson, obviously up for some conjecture, but still, I think D'Amico Ryans, if he has any say in this draft process, is taking a defensive player. So we'll see what Houston decides to do because they could also trade out of that spot if there are teams and there are many that are hungry for a quarterback. Up until this week, it was not Tyree Wilson, but Will Anderson Jr. that was the heavy favorite to be the first defensive player drafted. Now that is flipped to Tyree Wilson, minus 135 to be that first defensive player off the board. So no longer the number two overall pick favorite is Will Levis. But when you look at Will Levis overall, Mark Zeno, if he doesn't go second to Houston and he might not go first to Carolina, where does Will Levis fall in this NFL draft? I couldn't see him getting past five. Uh, just because I think if, if, if it happens that you get Bryce Young and then defensive player, defensive player, the Colts have a quarterback choice at four, which is either Will yep. Levis or... Uh, C.J. Stroud. That means a, a quarterback is going to be sitting there at five if it goes down that way. And although Seattle really likes what they like, and I think that Jalen Carter ends up in Seattle at fifth overall, 
that situation if it manifests itself somebody may jump up especially for a team like the Raiders that is inside the top 10 that wouldn't have to give up a whole lot to move up four spots but it, it, honestly if it's not the Raiders or the Titans who are looking to move up and grab a quarterback and guess the Raiders said Jimmy Garoppolo but we know he's basically a chandelier and if you blow on him he's going to break and be on the sidelines and they're going to look for an heir apparent at some point in time out in Las Vegas if it's not one of those two teams you're talking about a team that has to give up major, major draft capital in the realm of two and three first-round future picks in order to move up inside the top five, top eight to go get the quarterback that they want. And nobody moves up that far unless it involves getting a quarterback. So all that yeah. put together, I assume that if the Texans being the linchpin of this draft, if they pass on a quarterback, somebody's going to make a move. And really, it's the Arizona Cardinals who are dying to get out of that third pick um, but if it goes quarterback one, two, guess what? Nobody's calling Arizona because no one's going to give what Arizona wants for that third overall pick, which is why I think it's a real possibility that a Will Anderson goes there or a Tyree Wilson goes there if it goes one, two quarterback by Carolina and Houston. Reportedly, we have already heard that Arizona has received calls from multiple NFL franchises. Six were named, not a specific six teams, but just six in general. We're not sure if Houston is fielding a ton of calls for that number two overall pick, and we're not entirely sure if the Texans would part ways with that number two draft selection. But as of last night, Zeno, both Will Levis and C.J. Stroud, quarterbacks that will battle it out, it seems, to be the second QB uh, taken off the board, were heavy odds-on favorites in minus money to be top five selections. Will Levis, minus 1,500. Stroud, minus 1,000. An update of those odds this morning, Stroud was minus 600. Now it's minus 470. Will Levis remains a minus 1,500 favorite to be a top five pick. Zeno, do you think both of these quarterbacks will go in the top five of the 2023 NFL draft? Yeah, I mean, it, it would be tough for me to envision the three quarterbacks getting past uh, the idea that it's one, two, and four. The Colts are going to take a quarterback. I mean, they, they, they have to either love Will Levis or C.J. Stroud, right? They're willing to say, hey, we'll take whichever one falls to us at this point in time. But again, if the Texans don't take one, somebody will trade up to three to go grab one of the two of them because that's the situation that you know speaks to everybody that they're, it's just a question of who's going to do it. And then the Colts will take theirs at four. So I believe they all go top five. It's just a question of where that actually happens and, and who, which teams are actually going to do it. So as we go from the players that throw the football to the players that catch those thrown footballs, wide receivers, Mark Zeno, there's a heavy odds-on favorite to be the first wideout drafted tomorrow night. His name, Jackson Smith and Jigba, the teammate of C.J. Stroud from Ohio State. Zeno, do you think it is a lock that JSN will be the first wide receiver taken tomorrow night? I won't say it's a lock. Um, it, it, there's a reason he's a heavy favorite, but it yep. really depends on the team that is there. Remember last year, the Falcons took the first wide receiver off the board in Drake London. You and I talked about that on a very show. I told you Drake London, I thought would be the guy that goes first. Why? Because mm -hmm. he is a size nightmare for a lot of teams. That's not the case for Jackson Smith and Jigma. Certain organizations will value that size mismatch. And a guy like Quentin Johnston, who is, who is a size mismatch for a lot of, you know, would-be NFL cornerbacks, might be a guy that teams value over Jackson Smith and Jigba, especially since he didn't play all of last year. How much does that matter? I think when you have to talk to individual teams about what they feel about their draft yeah. boards and what they value more than others. But I wouldn't say it's a lock 
that Dra Jackson Smith and Jigba is the number one overall pick. I think it's a very high probability, but it just depends on how far things fall and where the quarterbacks go because ultimately, if for whatever reason, quarterbacks slip outside the top five, that's going to change everybody else's draft board. And Zeno, we saw 10 first-round trades last year. The reshuffling for quarterbacks could affect where a player like Jackson Smith and Jigba goes. His draft prop is 12.5. The over has the juice, which means he would be picked 13th or later. Who owns the 13th overall pick now? Oh, yeah, the Green Bay Packers, who are the favored team to take JSN. What a gift that would be for Aaron Rodgers. The Packers finally drafting a wide receiver in the first round. Zeno, thank you for TMA. Up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. A quadruple header. That means four. Count them. One, two, three, four. NBA playoff games on this Wednesday evening. We preview them all live right here on this Wednesday morning on the morning after on SportsGrid. I am Ben Stevens. Very pleased to welcome back on our good friend. It is Justin Henry. A big day for Justin Henry individually. He lives in Sacramento. That will be the focus late night in a series tied at two games all between the Kings and the Warriors. And on his head, as you see there, the hat represents the Los Angeles Lakers. L.A., one of three teams, all on the road, all booked as underdogs, that has the opportunity with a 3-1 series lead to clinch an opening round playoff series tonight. Justin, a ton to get to. We appreciate your time here on the morning after. Excited to be here. A lot of hoop to talk about. My wife and kids, they hate it because from the minute the afternoon starts till the evening's done, I'm locked into these games right now. Perfect time of year for me, though. It is very early for you on the West Coast as well. 4.30 p.m. Pacific time tip for a game between Milwaukee and Miami. The Heat, one of those teams, Justin, that has the opportunity with a 3-1 series advantage to knock off the NBA's best regular season team tonight. But the odds can also tell a tale. The Bucks booked as an 11-and-a-half-point favorite back inside the Pfizer so, Justin, what is the biggest adjustment you think Milwaukee will make tonight to stave off elimination against Miami? I don't really think there's a lot of adjustments that need to be made. This is a Milwaukee team that's been pretty comfortably uh, in the right direction when Giannis has been on the court. Now, they lost some early in game one. The team had to make adjustments. Back on the court in game four, this team had a lead through most of the game. It was until Jimmy Butler decided to become Hemi Butler, Jimmy G buckets, and completely take over the game there in the, in the fourth quarter. So uh, for me, I think this Bucks team just needs to make buckets. Brooke Lopez had a, had a really nice game in game four, kind of went unnoticed because of Jimmy Butler's performance. Um, but the supporting cast also has to step up. Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday struggled to make buckets last game, and I think that changes at home. So at home, typically, your role players tend to play a little bit better. Going back to Milwaukee, I think the Bucks do handle things tonight. With the, They're going to have a fight from this Heat team. The Heat team does not want to have to take this game to six or potentially seven games, um, but they cannot let Jimmy Butler repeat any type of performance that he had in game four.
It was a historic performance in game number four. The fourth most points scored ever in a playoff game in NBA history. 56 for Jimmy Butler. The most ever scored in Miami Heat franchise playoff history. His points prop tonight, 29 and a half against Milwaukee. Giannis, his is one higher. 30 and a half in his second game back in this series following the injury early on in the opening game against Miami. But let's focus on Jimmy Butler. Can he be stopped, Justin? I do. It's going to take a concerted effort. And although he shot the ball extremely well, uh, this team does have the defenders to match up with him on the wing. Um, it, it's going to take an effort, though. And if he's hitting shots like he did in game four, it's going to be tough to stop Jimmy Butler. I do think we'll see a very concentrated effort on making other people win this matchup. If the Bucks are going to go down, they're not going to let Jimmy, Jimmy Butler go for 56 points again. So I do think the Bucks have what it takes to, to at least slow down Jimmy Butler who was just feeling the home crowd and feeling himself their last game. I mean, you could think of it as this. Yes, Milwaukee was booked as a seven and a half point road favorite in South Beach after it was confirmed that Giannis would return for game four. But Jimmy Butler scored 56 points and the Bucks lost by five, maybe when they returned to home. That's why you see the double digit spread at 11 and a half. Although three teams at home yesterday booked as double digit favorites and none of those three big favorites covered. Tonight, Cleveland is booked as a five and a half point favorite back in the land for game number five, trying to keep their season afloat as well against the New York Knicks. The Knickerbockers, Justin, have not won a playoff series in virtually a decade since 2013. The Knicks have already pulled off an upset in Cleveland in the opening game of this series. Can the Knicks do it again tonight to win this opening round series against the Cavs? Well, the Cavs have their backs against the wall, and the Knicks have been playing at such a high level. They've been playing together as a team, which you want to see in the playoffs. It doesn't matter on this team. They have guys that have been able to step up on the road, at home, and they're playing well together. Guys are accepting their roles. And I think what we're seeing from this Cleveland Cavs team is that there's a little bit more of inconsistency than what we thought out of this team. D Darius Garland has looked great at times, terrible at times. Donovan Mitchell has struggled to shoot the ball this entire series except for game one. So what kind of Cleveland team are we going to see tonight? And I think a lot of that can be attributed to this Knicks defense. And we all yeah. thought that Cleveland's defense was going to be the, the defining factor of this series. The number one defense in the league all season long, and the Knicks are stepping it up defensively. So I think in order for the Cavs to win tonight, they're going to need a big performance, obviously, out of Donovan Mitchell. But there's no guarantee that that's even going to be enough against this Knicks team who's been able to hold their own regardless of who's been the one, the, the main scorer, if it's been Jalen Brown, et cetera. So yeah. I think Cleveland has to step up. They have to get performances out of Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell both and be able to stop this Knicks team. Justin, I think you bring up a great point. Defense has defined this series. No game has gone over 200 combined points. In fact, all four of the first games in this opening round series all staying under Cleveland great defensively that's what Tom Thibodeau loves to do more than most the opening total for this series was 214 as we get ready for game number five tonight the total has come all the way down to 202 in a hook to reflect the four unders we have seen Justin is if game five stays under again tonight who does that benefit most well, I think it benefits the Knicks, who have won every, you know, the games this series. They've won three out of the four games playing this style. And we've even seen, you know, Donovan Mitchell, I expect a big game from him tonight. Like, 
their backs are against the wall, expecting to come out shooting and playing effectively, looking to score. Game one, he had 38 points and they took the L. So for me, I'm looking at yep. this as even still, even if he has a big performance, the way that this series has been training, both teams defensively are stepping up. I'd, I'd still expect this to stay under 200. Um, now, could there be a possibility that finally creeps over? Yes, but I'm playing the trends here. And so I'm going to stick with that under 200 number as well, which it's been for this entire series. Donovan Mitchell, 38 points in game number one, as Justin said, only 17 in game number two. The Cavs only win in this series, but did have 13 assists. His points prop tonight, 29 and a half. His assist prop is at five and a hook. All right, now we go to another game where a team can pull off a gentleman's sweep. That would be the Los Angeles Lakers. On the road in the grind city, yet it's Memphis booked as a four-point favorite so Justin let's start there is the right team favored for this game five matchup tonight in Memphis if you were going on a neutral floor talent wise I would say no but Memphis Grizzlies have been the best home team the entire season 35 and 6 at home this year you got to respect it and so even though I'd love to sit here and say the Lakers should be the favorite team they're the better team they've been playing better this series I got to give the Grizzlies respect especially when their backs are against the wall the Grizzlies have held leads all the way through the third quarter in most of these games. And so it's not like they haven't been in position to win these games with or without John Morant at home or on the road. Back at home, I think this team knows they have to get a win, somehow extend this series out. I expect them to play a little bit better. There's been a lot of clouds over the series with the whole Dylan Brooks thing, John Morant. Yeah. And so I think they have to get things right mentally. It seems like that Los Angeles you know, trip kind of took its toll on them. I expect them to come out and play with a lot of energy here and get started fast. The Grizzlies have only been favored one other time in this series. It was game number one, a line similar to this, around four and a half or five points. And of course, L.A. won outright. In game number two, without John Morant, it was the Lakers booked as a slight favorite, and that was the upset the Grizzlies pulled. So the hat is L.A., but you reside in Sacramento, which is our focus tonight for the Kings and the Warriors. Game number five in a series tied up at two games apiece. Right now, the Dubs, a slight road favorite. Minus one and a half for the spread, about minus 122 on that money line. Of course, a huge focus will be on the status of De'Aaron Fox. So let's start there. Justin Henry, do you think De'Aaron Fox will play tonight in game number five for Sacramento? Well, living out here in Sacramento, you know, I got some friends who are insiders and some that work with the team beat writers. De'Aaron Fox is playing. It came from the mouth of his mouth. De'Aaron Fox is playing. He said that if he was going to play, the game was scheduled for last night. He would have played then. The game is scheduled for the next day. He's playing. So I fully expect De'Aaron Fox to be out there unless something crazy happens. But this team needs him. They absolutely do. He's a spark and he's turning into a complete superstar right in front of our eyes. Uh, he's elevated his level of play and, and I think quieted a lot of those concerns that there were there earlier in his yeah. careers. Could he take that next level and had he reached the ceiling? And I think it's easy to see we're just getting started when it comes to De'Aaron Fox. So the one player that I do want to see step up is DeMontis Sabonis, who has kind of mm. quiet, been quiet really this entire series. And I'm not sure if it's the physicality or the nature that it's the playoffs, or maybe Draymond's down there doing a little dirty work down there, and we don't know about it, but he seems to be a little off this series. And so the Kings did what they were supposed to do at home in the first two games. The Warriors have done what they're supposed to do the, first, the next two games. Now it comes back to Sacramento. 
And I don't expect the, the Kings to just lay down for this Warriors team. Absolutely not. And you see the numbers. What is what is expected of DeMontis Sabonis tonight? 19 and a half points, 13 and a half rebounds, six and a half assists. His averages throughout this series, 16 points per game, 12 boards per game, four and a half times. You can tell that Sabonis has an impact really all across the stat sheet, but they're far off from where his regular season numbers were. 19 points per game, 12.3 rebounds per game, the most in the entire NBA, and over seven assists per game. He might be the player that has to step up most in the absence of De'Aaron Fox, or if De'Aaron Fox is not as effective, because Justin Henry just told us we expect to see De'Aaron Fox on the floor tonight. Four Sacramento players have a points prop out, Fox is not one of them. 38 points, however, in game number four. So as we look big picture at the Western Conference, the Lakers could join Phoenix and Denver as two teams that have already clinched their spot into the Western Conference semifinals. When you look at the Western Conference odds now, Justin Henry, what is the approach to what might be slightly different than where you were earlier in this postseason? Well, the odds, you know, my top four teams are still the top favorites in the West right now. The Suns, Nuggets, Warriors, and Lakers. Those are the four teams that I had as my teams that could make it out of the West. And I look for value in this point. And although the Lakers are plus 500 odds, to me, that's extremely high value because their path might be the Sacramento Kings. It might be the Warriors, where as the Suns and the Nuggets, they have to play each other next series. That should be an incredible series, and I'm not sure who I would sit here and, and even say who I would have winning that series as of right now. So uh, the Lakers, yeah. to me, could have an easier path, but to me, uh, all four of these teams have a very equal opportunity to come out the West. I think there's some value with the Los Angeles Lakers that they, as they do have some experience, um, but all these yeah. teams, the Warriors, Nuggets, Suns, they all have such incredible experience, at least getting to the finals. So it's tough. It's tough right now, man, in the Western Conference, but that's what playoff basketball is out all about, and I'm excited to see it, man. Justin, it's a great point because when you look at the Western Conference playoff bracket, the two teams currently with the two best prices play each other next round. Phoenix, a slight favorite at minus 126. The value might currently be on the other side. Justin Henry, as always, we appreciate your time and your insight here on the morning after. We round out the show up next, live right here on Sports. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We close out our two hours together here live on the morning after on Sports Grid. Sirius XM Channel 159. That is the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. All across the Spiz Grizz Network, that's Sports Grid. And this is the new Sports Grid app. The QR code you are about to see on your screen. You can scan it right now. You can download the app in these next few seconds and then everything i say here everything from all across the grid all the data sets that we use all the information expertise and insight you need at your fingertips 
all the time. The Sports Grid app, the ultimate sports betting companion app where you can find a best bet for tonight's four games in the NBA playoffs, maybe some on the ice or just on the daily slate in Major League Baseball. Whatever your favorite sport, team, league, or player is, there will be that information right there for you to utilize and hopefully win some money. Before we say farewell and before we say goodbye, it's time for a bye-bye-bye. It's time for a best bet. And once again, it's time for bye-bye-bye. So, as we get ready for a ton of game number fives around the association tonight, four of them, in fact, three teams, all booked as road underdogs, have the opportunity to clinch an opening round series. I'll look at the game that does not feature an opportunity to end the opening series tonight. That would be in Sacramento, game number five, between the Kings and the Warriors. De'Aaron Fox is going to play. That's what Justin Henry just told us. He lives in Sacramento. He knows folks in sports media that cover the Kings. I'm not sure how effective De'Aaron Fox is going to be. But one thing I know, and I know for 32 times this year, Golden State sucks on the road. 11-30 and 30 in the regular season. Two road losses to start off the playoffs. Give me Sacramento as the slight home underdog. Even money plus 100. And when it becomes available... Look out for Malik Monk's points prop. He has scored 16 or more in three of the first four games in this series. That does it for the morning after on this Wednesday. We'll talk on a Thursday starting at 9 a.m. Eastern time. I'm Ben Stevens. Talk to you.